welcome to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, and this is the weekend review for October 12th, 2020. Plenty of stuff to get to on this week's episode of the weekend review. Well, this week's edition of the weekend review, including Tony Khan's reaction to Harold Mage leaving New Japan. Chris Jericho taking shots at O'Reilly and Balor's injuries from NXT TakeOver 31. MVP possibly adding a new, well, a female member to the Hurt Business. Uh, The lawsuits against Matt Riddle and Lars Sullivan, who recently returned. Um, He's being accused of sending unsolicited, inappropriate messages. I'll talk about all that, give you my opinions on that here in a few moments, but I wanted to get into a few things before I got into those uh, topics. Thoughts on uh, stuff going on on Raw. Last week, they revealed that Mustafa Ali is the leader of Retribution. I thought this is the best development they've had ever since this group debuted. Hopefully, they use the hacker storyline they dropped to connect the dots to him being the leader of Retribution. I hope so. Otherwise, it feels completely random. Uh, Impact last week. The Rich Swan Eric Young stuff I thought was a little corny, but it worked in storyline context, and it just made Eric Young look like more of a psychopath because if you didn't watch Impact, Rich Swan's working out. He's talking with this trainer or whatever, his doctor, and they're like, oh, yeah, he's 100%. He's ready to go. He's cleared to go in ring. And then Eric Young shows up as a doctor, uh, disguised as a doctor, and attacks Rich Swan, re-injuring that ankle. Other things from Impact, uh, they're dropped, They're falling into the same habit of WWE a little bit. Because you see the same matches running week after week after week sometimes. Like this Eric Young, not Eric Young, but Tommy Dreamer, Brian Myers. They've already had three matches or two or three matches in the last couple of weeks. It's kind of getting old. You can't do the same thing over and over and over again. They did that with Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace. And then they also did it with the Rascals versus uh, Team Triple XL. Also, some really good stuff, though. Some really good stuff from Impact, including Heath and Demore. The contract signing they did was great. We might see a darker side of Heath, which I'd be totally down for. Totally down for. That was a great contract signing that never really happened because they couldn't agree on... Because Demore had his contract and Heath had his own contract, his his own uh, stipulations that he wanted enforced well, used in his contract. AEW last week. I thought the Jericho uh, 30-year celebration was pretty good. New Japan was mentioned throughout the show, possibly hinting a working relationship between New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW. We'll get into that more in a little bit. We even saw a Tanahashi video uh, congratulating Jericho on his 30-year Uh, celebration of being in professional wrestling. The dog collar match, I thought that was hella good. Hella, hella good. Cody and Brody delivered one hellacious match. I just didn't agree with taking the belt off of Brody Lee so soon. But it's fine. Perfectly fine at this point. I just think it was a little early for him, but 
Cody came back with a darker side, a little bit of a darker edge. Came back, got his title, even though he had a huge loss a few uh, weeks ago, about a month or so ago. He comes back, gets his redemption, wins the title back, which brings in the uh, AEW, well, not the AEW, but the TNT title defense every single week. That was a highlight for the last few months, to be honest. And I'm glad that'll be coming back here soon. So because a lot of guys got opportunities from it. Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston are two. They got contracts. Warhorse, he got exposure on national television. Other guys, they got a chance to shine against one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Uh, Jungle Boy. I think Cassidy or Quinn, one of those two. And also, Sonny Kiss. They've all gotten a big opportunity to shine against one of the biggest stars in uh, professional wrestling right now. But let's get into the first news story. I mentioned the uh, NG, the New Japan uh, name drops during uh, Dynamite last week. Yeah, back to that. Uh, Harold Mage. He recently announced that he is stepping down as the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which has led AEW fans to believe that there is some kind of partnership in the works between New Japan and AEW. Uh, Tony Khan, he recently spoke to Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and he talked about how Mage's departure could be a major development in the partnership, possible partnership between AEW and New Japan. He said this, I'm not sure yet, but my initial gut feeling is it could be good. As I mentioned, there were several refer- several references to New Japan during AEW Dynamite. They talked about Archer and Moxley's feud in New Japan. Like we said, like I said earlier, Tanahashi appeared on Dynamite as a part of the 30 years of Chris Jericho. So I don't know. It should be an interesting development. Imagine seeing this in America. Kazuchika Okada versus John Moxley. That's just one match. Kazuchika Okada versus Jericho, even though they've they, we've seen it in New Japan. I haven't personally seen it, but others have seen it in New Japan. There's many matchups that could be had in AEW. We could see Tanahashi versus Cody. Who knows? The possibilities are endless if this does actually happen and that's a big move for AEW if they can somehow work it out with New Japan to work together because that could be a huge development for them and sticking with AEW uh, AEW's Chris Jericho made some comments about the latest match between Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor from TakeOver 31 And he said, well, he responded to a tweet. He responded to somebody on Twitter that said, take notes from O'Reilly and Balor. He did the retweet and comment. He said, sure, how to bleep each other up during a match so they can't work again for months. Not a good thing, Jericho. Not a good thing. O'Reilly may have suffered a concussion uh, in the match. It's not confirmed, but... Balor also broke his jaw in two places during that match. Yes, injuries do happen during matches. It was a hell of a match. He got four and a half stars from Dave Meltzer. 
Jericho needs to cool it with these comments. He needs to cool it. He's earned the right to say whatever he wants at this point. But it'd be nice if he cooled it down a little bit. Just cooled it down a little. Because it's making no one look good, honestly. It's making nobody look good and make it doesn't help anybody in the process. It doesn't help anybody by saying that. In WWE news, so back on Friday, it was the first day of the draft. Tonight is the second day. Well, this is being recorded on Monday night, so it the second day of the draft is going on right now. But the draft results from night one, Drew McIntyre, Asuka, The Hurt Business, AJ Styles, Naomi, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Ricochet, Mandy Rose, and The Miz and John Morrison all going to Raw. Well, a lot of those names are already on Raw. While SmackDown has Roman Reigns get drafted over there. Well, stays over there. Roman Reigns gets drafted to SmackDown along with Seth Rollins, Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Jey Uso, Rey, and Dominic Mysterio. My comments on these initial draft picks from the WWE draft the first night. I don't really see anything developing. Maybe Bianca Belair gets an opportunity at Bayley here soon, which I think she should be. Because she's been hidden for months and months and months. Why? I have no idea. Also, why are we just moving the Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, and Dominic Mysterio storyline to SmackDown? Oh, wait a minute. This is WWE logic. Uh, let's move them to SmackDown because... Um, oh, a new audience hasn't seen them. It's a new audience on Fox. Not really. Not really most of what you most of your audience and then a few stragglers that come in to watch smackdown it's a better show i'll say that it what does about three four hundred thousand more it's just because it's a better show (laughs) smackdown is and the one thing they did also was split up the new day so they sent kofi and xavier woods to raw who just recently recently returned So they won the SmackDown tag titles and then they sent them to Raw. So this means, this likely means that the tag titles are about to be unified, which I have been for for the last few months because the lack of tag teams in WWE is embarrassing at this point. It is absolutely embarrassing. And I don't like that they split up the New Day. Hopefully it's not a permanent split. They were able to do this. I know they are, they're what they're doing. They're trying to get Big E a singles push and they're letting him do it on his own. But the New Day as a group is better together instead of apart. Kofi, he had a great reign with the WWE Championship. Were some of his matches not great? Yes. He was very strongly booked up until the Brock Lesnar abomination that happened last year on the first episode of SmackDown on Fox, but his reign was really good, and he still had the New Day beside him at uh, during that reign, but ever since then, he's completely fallen off, Kofi has, so hopefully this Big E push doesn't simmer when he's separated from the group. Let's just Fingers crossed, because I've been wanting a Big E singles push for a while now, like everyone else. I've been wanting it. He's got every single tool you need. He's got the charisma. He's got the look. He's got the in-ring ability to be a world champ. 
hopefully it leads to him taking the title. This push leads him to taking the title off of Roman Reigns come WrestleMania season, unless they're trying to do this fever pitch thing, this fever pitch dream, this pipe dream of having The Rock and Roman Reigns wrestle at WrestleMania. That could be a cool moment. That could be a cool moment. Also, sticking with WWE, MVP. He teased this a little bit. He tweeted that uh, he had some interest in Naomi joining the Hurt Business uh, this past week. He had he posted the thing uh, once with her draft pick in uh, round two of the draft last week. He posted kind of a thinking pose three times. I'm all for it. They need a female member. That'd be badass. And this would be the best thing Naomi has done in quite a while. I think this would be an upward move for her character and her career. Because the Hurt Business is one of the best things going in WWE. The Hurt Business literally revived four different careers. MVPs, Bobby Lashley's, Shelton Benjamin's, and Cedric Alexander's. It has revived all four of their careers. It's fantastic group. And adding Naomi to the fold, who has mishand- been mishandled and underutilized, would be a A-plus move in my opinion. A-plus move there. Last Friday also marked the return of Lars Sullivan. You haven't seen him for a while, have you? But there's some backlash already. Big, big, big surprise. And this time, it's Lars Sullivan being accused of sending inappropriate messages to a married woman. It was a thread on Reddit that popped up with screenshots, not today, but popped up yesterday. Um, The messages show that Sullivan was asking her how much it cost for, in quotes, booty pics. Correction, booty program. She noted that it cost $50 and he follows up by allegedly telling her, I double that for pics. Just saying. And the messages don't stop there. He said he's enamored with her profile, and I like looking at your legs. And also, he says, allegedly, you got any booty pics in those, hon? She responded, hey, Lars, I'm going to refund you your money. I told you before I block people who send me messages like this, so you've kind of had a warning. I don't have time to work with clients who don't respect boundaries. I'm a happily married woman. It's also not very smart on your part, given you're quite well known. And this is not the first time Lars Sullivan has said dumb stuff. He got in trouble back in 2019 when uh, old forum messages popped up that were misogynistic and racist. My goodness. My, my goodness. He comes back and he's already being pretty stupid again. Being pretty, pretty stupid again. He had to recover from injury, but he was also in trouble for the misogynistic and racist post. But man, just, dude, all you have to do is keep your mouth shut online. It's not hard. It's not hard. My goodness, I could have made a bad joke there. 
very, very, very bad joke. But I kept it to myself, thank goodness. And speaking of accusations, Matt Riddle. He's being accused of a multitude of sexual assaults in a lawsuit filed by Samantha Tavel. The Chicago Sun-Times, they're reporting that Candy Cartwright, real name Samantha Tavel, has filed a lawsuit against World Wrestling Entertainment. According to WWE, they, they have, she has not filed a lawsuit yet. She has not served them with the lawsuit, but the suit alleges Matt Riddle of multiple incidents of sexual assault from 2017 until January of 2020. Tavel states that after refusing to perform, quote, forced sexual acts on Riddle, she was fired by Evolve in January and she was terminated due to issues with talent, in quotes. And this all began during the speaking out movement. It should be interesting to see how this story develops. I don't know who's in the right. I don't know who's in the wrong. But if this did occur, it's absolutely awful. And I feel absolutely terrible for her. No one should ever go through that. No one. And Matt Riddle shouldn't be doing that stuff. Especially when he's married. Having sexual relations with another woman when he's married. It's absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, I don't know why WWE has him on television at this point. I don't understand. I don't get it. WWE, last few months have not looked good in this speaking out movement at all. Other than a couple of guys. I got rid of Gallagher and... I think Jordan Devlin was also accused, one of the names accused. They got rid of a couple of people. But the Velveteen Dream situation is all kinds of messed up. And this situation is all kinds of messed up. WWE should not have Matt Riddle nor Velveteen Dream on television at this point. And if Matt Riddle is guilty of all these acts, which I don't know if he is or not, shame on him. Absolute shame on him. And shame on WWE for keeping him on television. And shame on WWE for even allowing him to still have a job. But I don't know who's guilty and who's innocent. So we'll have to see how this rolls. Whoever wins the lawsuit, which doesn't mean it's the truth, whoever wins. It's probably whoever has the better legal team will win this lawsuit. But we'll see how this goes. We'll see how this develops. I don't know. This is just a very weird situation that's all i got to say about it but i hope you enjoyed this edition of the week in review coming up next week will be another edition of the week in review i also have some new episodes coming up here later this month including my bound for glory 2020 pay-per-view review and also my hell in a cell 2020 pay-per-view review but until then, make sure to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at SigDaddyWrestle and make sure to punch that subscribe button as hard as you possibly can on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and many, many other podcasting platforms. Until next time, this is SigDaddy signing off. Thanks for listening 
and so long, everybody.